As indicated by a recent Economist magazine article, during the 1970s, the fortunes of the global economy largely turned on one product, oil. Exported by a narrow cadre of nations, this vital input was hostage to ferocious political forces and conflict. Roughly 50 years later, the world's economic prospects depend on another all-important commodity, vaccines. These are also narrowly produced, delicate politically, and unevenly distributed. Widespread vaccination has positioned America's economy to boom during the months ahead, but vaccination programs have not proceeded nearly as quickly in much of the balance of the world. So while the global economy is projected by the World Bank to grow 5.6% this year, it will be a tale of two recoveries. Wealthier nations, many of which have vaccinated people relatively quickly, can look forward to brisk economic recovery. For instance, the World Bank projects that America's economy will expand nearly 7% this year. But in the world's poorest 29 economies, fewer than 1% of the population has received even one dose of vaccine. GDP in these countries is set to expand less than 3% this year, and that would be their second worst performance in the past two decades. Their worst performance was last year. For WIPR and my Proust Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. During the lingering pandemic, the U.S. government has injected unprecedented levels of stimulus into the economy. While that has helped position America for an unusually strong economic recovery, one that renders the U.S. the world's leading economic growth driver this year, it also translates into large budget deficits and a rapidly expanding national debt. In 2019, Congress suspended the federal government's borrowing limit, known as the debt ceiling, through July 31st of this year. Unless something changes soon on the legislative front, the Treasury Department won't be able to raise additional cash through the sale of government securities after that date. What that means is that the government would have to use emergency measures to keep paying its obligations. The U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, along with other policymakers, is urging Congress to take prompt action to raise the debt ceiling or suspend it. If Congress fails to act on a timely basis, the government could begin to miss payments on its obligations, triggering a default on government debt. The result could be a global financial crisis that would transpire even as much of the world continues to wrestle with the economic devastation wrought by COVID-19. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by authors Eric Murath and Greg Ipp, surging numbers of job openings in fields that don't necessarily require substantial educational attainment, including in restaurants, retail, and warehousing, combined with a shrinking labor force, are supplying low-wage workers with perks, typically reserved for higher-level, white-collar employees. Among these are bonuses, larger raises, and competing offers. According to Labor Department data, Average weekly wages in leisure and hospitality, a segment that embodies restaurant and hotel workers, were up more than 10% in May compared to February of 2020, the last pre-pandemic crisis month in America. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, pay for those with only high school diplomas is actually rising faster than for college graduates. Those who employ lower-wage employees are not simply bolstering wages, they are offering gift cards to applicants merely for showing up to interviews. They are also often offering sign-up and retention bonuses. Predictably, employers are striving to pass along some of these rising costs to customers, contributing to the recent uptick in inflation. It is not clear whether or not lower-wage workers can retain the upper hand, which has little modern precedent. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.
As the global economy steadily reopens, suppliers continue to suffer difficulty meeting surging demand for goods and services. These challenges have manifested themselves in the form of shortages and rising prices impacting items ranging from semiconductors to sweatpants. Economists and business executives are concluding in larger numbers that supply chain disruptions, shortages of workers, and rising unmet demand induced by multiple rounds of fiscal stimulus will persist through the balance of 2021 and into next year. As indicated by writer David Harrison, the squeeze on American businesses shows little signs of abating, especially in the manufacturing sector. Despite rising demand for goods headed for American households, U.S. factory activity has been slow to recover from the pandemic. Manufacturing output rose 0.9% in May, but only after declining the prior month. Overall industrial output, which embodies the production of manufacturers, miners, and utilities, is approximately 1.4% lower than it was prior to the pandemic. There's more. The world is also beset by shipping delays, including because of recent COVID-19 outbreaks at a busy Chinese port and in Malaysia and Taiwan. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. At-home childcare demands skyrocketed during the pandemic. As indicated by Bloomberg, men and women did not split the additional burdens equally. Globally, women on average took on 173 additional hours of unpaid childcare last year, compared to 59 additional hours for men. These data come from a recent Center for Global Development study. The gap was even wider in low- and middle-income nations, where women cared for children for more than three times as many hours as men did. An OECD survey found that globally, women spend an average of between three and six hours on caretaking per day, compared to an average of 30 minutes to two hours for men. In addition to supplying far more unpaid childcare than men, women have experienced many of the pandemic's worst economic effects, including an estimated $800 billion in lost income globally, due in part to increased demands emerging from home. The COVID-19 recession also undid some gains in pay equality and labor force participation, especially among Black and Latina women in the United States. According to a McKinsey and Company estimate, worldwide job loss rates among women were nearly two times larger than among men. And as more Americans return to work, it is mothers who are more likely than fathers to remain at home. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.